When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Wencher Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, it has been a historical weekend, an historical week, and a lot of things are going on in the world of women and in the world of women's basketball. Yeah, uh, you know, we come on here every week and we, we say there's been big deals happening and, and we do because it's a basketball podcast. Obviously, the news of today and the news that will be dominating, uh, you know, our lives for at least a little bit and for a while is that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. Uh, I don't really know what to say. I mean, I'm tired of coming on here on dark days in our country's history and talking about major historical events. I'd hate doing that. I don't want to. Um I don't I don't really know what to say I mean I know everyone there's there's a feeling of vulnerability and uh, I don't know how to fix that for me or for anybody at the moment but uh, what I will say is that there's a lot of people doing work to make things better and I think you know it's hard to see the end at the beginning and this is the beginning of a fight not the end of a fight and you know I think what we're going to talk about in just a bit is the, the, the 50 year uh, anniversary of Title IX being put in place, and when you look, when you look at that, those fifty years, you see, you know, where they started. And I think the people who started that fight yeah. didn't know how it would be now, fifty years later, right. and they just did things to make it incrementally better every day. And I think that's a that's a lesson we can take. But you know, obviously not um, not the kind of thing we want to come on here and talk about. Right. And uh, yeah, obviously not the way we wanted to wake up this morning to that news, uh, you know, where women are being told what to do. And I, I don't know about you, Gabe, but I don't know many women who like to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our own free minds, our own free will. 
And, and why are we the ones being told what to do all the time? If you're going to tell somebody what to do, why is it always women that are being told what to do for themselves? I, I don't understand it. And, and it's, you know, like the title nine celebration of 50 years. It is a, a definite celebration, but you know, it's like a 180 mm-hmm. in terms of what women are feeling, especially women in sports are feeling on this day. Um, just the, you know, two steps forward and five steps back. Like, what are we doing? Um, you know, but, but one thing I know that will happen, um, like you said, this isn't the end of something. It's the beginning of something. And, you know, I was on a couple of title nine panels, um, on the anniversary day on the 23rd yesterday. And, you know, Christine Brennan was one of the uh, moderators for the second panel I was on. And she said, you know, let's not have this be this, this grand day of celebration and then tomorrow forget about why we're actually here. Um, and it's to gravitate towards the traction that has been gained over these 50 years and continue to push it forward um, and kick it forward and, and pull it forward and, and push it up the hill forward. Uh, you know, there, there is a great momentum, especially for, for women and women in sports in general But I just think, you know, there are a lot of mad people in the streets of D.C. right now, and and they should be. I I just think that, you know, regardless of your affiliation politically, I just think that you should have the free will to to be and and for that to be taken away. uh, That's that's really tough. Yeah, it's a a human rights issue. This isn't politics. It should be human rights. and, and there's just people working against that. And that I feel like we think of history in the same way and to bring it back to basketball, a worthless basketball analogy, but this is a basketball podcast. To bring it back to basketball, you know, we look at, we, we do the same thing where we say, oh, you know, we look back at Title IX now as someone who wasn't there at the beginning. Right. Right. We say, oh yeah, like, of course, of course we have Title IX. Of course, like the, yeah. we, we were progressive to give people rights and history is just a grand march to making to giving more rights to more people. And that's how we right. think of, of life, but it's not like that. There's forces no. working against what yeah. we want. Um, and, you know, in, in, hap- in that happening, we have to push back and continue, mm-hmm. you know, making more progressive strides to giving more people more rights. And that, you know, obviously we're talking about women, obviously we're talking about black women, obviously we're talking about transgender people. And, and in our little world, we have to fight for their rights and recognitions and, all of that in our just little basketball world where, you know, as much as we love basketball, end of the day, it doesn't really matter, right? This is just a game as much as we love it. And so it's the same thing that we can extrapolate out into of that feeling of saying, hey, you know, in basketball, you're not going to win every game, but you may win the championship. Right. In in life, it's the same thing. You're not going to win every single battle, but it's about moving on to the next one and winning that one and making it better for the people who come behind you. So I don't know, man. I'm not, I've said this before in this podcast. I'm not Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows. Um, It's, it's not good. It doesn't feel good. Uh, I know it's really tough day. Um, And, you know, for us, particularly in our particular corner of the world, like obviously it's, it's just been a tough year. We're all still thinking about Brittany Griner and Russia. We're, um, you know, still trying to figure out how to grapple with that situation. We're trying to see, we're trying to wait for her to come home. And when she is going to come home, honorary all-star that she is, she'll be back. Um, but it's just tough right now to see the end right at the beginning. So yeah. uh, I hope you're doing okay. If you're listening to this, we're going to talk about basketball because that's what we do. But 
I, I hope you're okay. And if you're not, you know, always feel free to, to reach out to us to reach out to your friends and maybe we can do stuff together. So if anyone has anything that we can do to help, please let us know. Right. And, you know, just going back to the evening panel that I was on yesterday, Val Ackerman was on that. Mm -hmm. She's the current um, commissioner of the Big East, but she was the one who started the WNBA with David Stern, you know, back in 96 after the Olympic team and then 97 getting the league on its feet and 98 moving forward and, and really gathering that, that marketing for women's basketball on the professional level. But I thought what she said last night was, uh, it was so compelling. And she said, you know, we're the only country that has to have a federal law in place for equality, like Title IX, <laughs> for Title IX. And one day we, we shouldn't need it. it. It should be, we're all out here, you know? No. Um, and it shouldn't be, hey, you have to also think about the women and the girls. Like, why are we saying that? You know, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, really, um, it's really frustrating. Uh, to say the least, but I know, especially yesterday, being in, in that room and in that space with four Congresswomen sitting on the panel with Val Ackerman sitting there. I mean, for me personally, I was just like, let me just sit back for a second and be a fly on the wall with all of this positive energy and intense intentionality for what women want and what women need. And when I say want and need, it's not want to be told to do and need to be told to do, but it's like what women want and need and it's equality and it's respect. And I think when that is tainted, it, it really causes a, a ripple effect with, with people um, who see human life the way we see human life um, and human beings and I don't know, like for, for women, it, it's just a, an ongoing swing to the fences. You know, everything that comes in, you're not going to hit everyone, but I'm telling you, you're going to swing every single time that, that things like this happen. And, you know, you said it's a human rights issue. There's so many human rights things that are backwards in this world right mm -hmm. now, and not just here um, in the States, but I mean, just in general. Uh, and, it, and it's sad, like the lack of compassion and empathy and understanding and on a full scale, like in every situation, in every, you know, every corner of the earth, like it's what you were saying, like, where, where is the, the human compassion for, for making decisions? Where's that? And, and that's where it, it really becomes convoluted. Um, in terms of having hope, but not defeated. I mean, it is convoluted though, because it's like for, for everyone you know, mm -hmm. who is like-minded in that way, I mean, we're, we're right here, but it's convoluted in when you see these things happen like happen today. And that's why people are out there with signs and they're protesting because, you know, we still see the hope and there will be a fight so we can all be in that space of hope but for right now, it's just incredibly frustrating that, that we are here on this day um, after celebrating women the way that we did yesterday. And then today being, you know, knocked back. Yep. Uh, it sucks. Um, the Supreme Court's not on your side. Just 
you know, let you guys know that. Uh, I can say that as a lawyer, they've never been on your side, except for one time in the 1960s. Um, and they're not on the side of us. So I think us has to get together and, uh, and make changes. Um, I don't really know. I don't know. Let's, uh, you want to talk about basketball? We have to because we I have to go down this rabbit hole in a minute and just I'm be, <clears throat> be advocating for armed revolution if we don't move on to the all-star starters being announced. Um, so uh, to, uh, basketball, hooray! We got stuff to talk about. Uh, we will start with the off-the-court stuff to talk about the WNBA all-star starters being named. Uh, I did a podcast with Kevin Pelton and Richard Cohen on wednesday you can catch that on this podcast feed or on youtube depending on where you're listening also you should subscribe and do all that stuff that we always tell you to do um you can go listen to our picks for all 22 spots talking about you know who's worthy who's who should be in rather than who we thought we're going to get in um that being said the all-star starters were announced uh i i'll tell you everyone it'll you'll get confused in the middle of this list who are your listener i'm sorry but here we go uh we're starting with sue bird and Sylvia yep. Fowles, both in their final season, they they get the nods. Uh, Sabrina Inescu, John Quill Jones, Neka Gumake, Candace Parker, Kelsey Plum, Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson, Jackie Young. If you're paying attention, yes, that is three starters from the Las Vegas Aces, three all-star starters from the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, that's a lot. That's three-fifths of their starting lineup is in the starting lineup for the all-star game. These two these groups, uh, this group will be split into two by Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson, who are the leading vote getters. They will be the captains. They will pick those players. Uh, any uh, initial thoughts here before we get into like the voting aspect and the voting breakdown that the WNBA gave us? Well, I think number one, um, the honorary all-star Brittany Griner is, is going to be honored. So I know you mentioned that earlier. Um, but number two, just with having three of the Las Vegas Aces as starters, um, I know a lot of people listen to our podcast and I, I've heard what we say regurgitated, uh, you know, in public places. So uh, best players on the best team, you know, and I know I said that in our previous podcast about Asia Wilson right now. And I know we're not doing early picks for MVP, but mm-hmm. on that podcast, we were. And, <laughs> and that's what I went with saying Asia Wilson is the best player on the best team. And I know other people have that same opinion and, and are not listening to the podcast. So there's that too, but um, thank you for listening. If you, you know, if you're listening, um, but, but with that, with having three starters, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that because I know that Plum, and I know that Jackie Young, I know Jackie Young is getting attention as MVP candidate, and I know she had an injury recently, it kind of had her in and out of the lineup a little bit, but still, I mean, I don't have a problem with it, and I know that's a lot in terms of percentage of your starting lineup being on the all-star team, but, or on the all-star list, um, but I'm not mad about it. Are you mad about that? No. We don't like that? No, I think it's fine. I mean, I had I personally, I had Plum and Young both in my starting lineup when I voted. Um, I don't get a media vote. I just had like a normal fan vote, um, which we should get media votes. So WNBA, yeah. we should we should get those. Uh, the I had I had Plum and Young. I think both of them have been absolutely incredible. I think both of them have gotten some MVP stuff, which I I still don't agree with. I think the MVP is Asia Wilson, and your second choice would be Brianna Stewart. But 
I, I think those two being in there, certainly not like something bad. Actually, on our podcast where we were picking, Richard Cohen picked Chelsea Gray to be a starter um, yeah. because he, he said that she was so involved in everything that the other players were doing that she's really the, star, the straw that stirs the drink and she, she makes everything happen. I think that's a very valid argument too. So personally, I'm cool with those with all five of the Vegas players getting in the All Star game. Uh, I didn't think all five were starters. I thought we'd end up with two or three. Understood. But I think all five of them probably deserve to be in the All Star game, and and it is because partly because of the best players on the best team. Right. Um, But it's also just because they have been All Stars, like in their own right, they have all been All Stars, and they have been incredible. So I think they deserve that nod so i thought that that was interesting the vegas thing I, i'm not surprised um i think sabrina nescu deserves to be up there and and what a season for her oh, uh, yeah. she's moved off ball a bit and and she's made her game open up she's playing a lot more like she did in oregon just coming off screens basically spamming screens the entire time yeah and that's huge for her because she's getting hurt she's being able to get reads um and and understand them quicker uh, when she's getting them, when she's coming off the ball to get the ball and then go into a screen. And we see that in Natasha cloud all the time too. So yes, I think that's a great pick. And then we have Sue bird making it this one. Just a little upset by Sylvia fouls is in her final season and she's playing like an all-star. There's a really, there, there's just a solid argument that she is an all-star starter, especially the news that she came back. Uh, she came back in, in Minnesota's last game. I don't remember who they were playing. I, I'm sorry. I don't have that in front of me at the moment. Oh, wait, I do. Uh, yeah, they're playing the Mercury. Sylvie Files comes back and plays really well. And I'm like, okay, then she's healthy. She can play in the game. Great. I think she's an all-star starter on her own merit, regardless of being in her final season. Okay. Sue Bird is not an all-star this year. Last year, there was an argument. This year, she's just not at that level of playing like an all-star, uh, let alone an all-star starter. So she's getting the spot because she's Sue Bird. And that's fine in her final season. I don't mind. That's not something that I'm, I, I, I don't care. Like if she's in the game, but what we brought up on the last podcast, I want to, I want to propose to you was uh, that the WNBA should have treated this. Like it was Dwayne Wade's final season or Dirk Nowitzki's <laughs> final season when the NBA gave those two honorary spots on the all-star team because they didn't want, they knew the fans would vote for them because they were in their final year. And they didn't right. want to take spots away from players who were deserving because of the production this year. Yeah. That's my problem with having Sue Bird up there. So did, I mean, do you agree with me? Am I, am I off base here? <sighs> I mean, if you boil everything down to that three ball that Sue Bird hit in New York to close that game, <laughs> I don't know. Just for that alone, Sue's an all-star. Um, I don't know, but um, I understand what you're saying about the honorary nods that that Dirk got and and Dwayne Wade and those guys and that that probably would be better to do it that way because of the players who are you know statistically having career years and you don't want them to be sitting at home while the all-star game is being played um for the sake of for the sake of nostalgia and respect of obviously a, a player and person like Sue Bird is so I mean, I say, I, I don't know. I, I feel that, but she's an all-star. I mean, I, I think Seattle's a different team with her not on the floor um, this season. But I also know that with Sylvia Fowles leading the league with 10 boards a game prior to returning from injury, 
So I don't know how many boards she had in, in that Phoenix game, but I mean, if you can get 10 boards in your final season and lead the league in that way, I mean, you're working hard and you're, you're staying steady and efficient and consistent, which at the end of a lot of careers, consistency is not one of the words that's usually spoken. Uh, she had 14 points and 10 rebounds. Come on. <laughs> she's, well, she's awesome. Come on, come on Syl. Well, it should be pointed out, too, like, you know, all right, Syl's 36. Sue at 36, I'm pretty sure she made the all-star team, like, I'm of sure. her own merit. Uh, right. Right. So it's like, I'm not saying, you know, that, that my point is, like, I just didn't think this year she, she earned that nod, and we knew she was going to yeah. get the nod, because of course she is. She's a legend. Like, yeah. Sue Bird, the legend. That's why I'm not mad. I'm not mad about it. I'm just. I mean, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm not indifferent. About, I'm not like saying, well, she shouldn't. Yeah, I, I just, I just feel bad for a player like, you know, well, Skylar Dickens Smith, as we talked about momentarily. I think Skylar Dickens Smith was. We, we talked about her as a lock to be a starter on the last podcast because she's been yeah. awesome. The yeah. only reason that Phoenix really, I mean, you know, Diana Trossi's been pretty good this year, and then there's player, you know, the, Phoenix has some good players, but the real reason that Phoenix has won any of the games they have won is because of right. Skylar Dickens Smith. No doubt. So I just, it makes me just a little queasy to sit here and say, oh, like Sue Bird, who's averaging, you know, nine points a game and not really having a great year, um, deserves that nod over someone who is playing out of their minds at the moment. So that's, it kills me. Um, I understand. I understand why it happened. And I don't, I think at the end of the day, it'll be okay. Um, But I, I just feel, I feel bad because, you know, I, 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 I wish I wish she was just taken out of the equation for yeah. for nostalgia purposes. And then you get to do more things with her and fouls too. You could have done this for both That's players. Um, I'm with you know what? You you pulled me along. Gabe, you pulled me along and I'm I'm jumping on that boat with you. And I'm I'm gonna go with that because I mean I'm just trying to put myself in in Skylar Diggins Smith's shoes. And she is playing out of her mind, man. And, you know, the media and the coaches all had her. Media and the fans. Coach, coach media and the fans. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, the, the coaches do the. The, the reserves, yeah. The reserves. Right. So the media and the fans had her in the top three, right? Uh, media had her third. Fans had her fourth. Okay. Top four. And then where did the players have Sky? 14th. Come on, man. Now that's, now, now that's wrong. <laughs> now that's wrong especially okay whoever i don't know and i don't know who the player voters are in their committee or whatever okay is it all the players or is it just is it a committee it's opaque we don't know but i mean i'm a media voter so i had her up there clearly with media voting her you know the top three okay hello um but players first of all if skylar diggins smith hmm is busting her bottom every day. Um, that's your match. And she's giving you bucket after bucket with her left hand and her fingernails in your eye. And that bucket is going down and one over and over. And she's ripping and going and taking her butt to the basket. And talking. Her respect and telling you, I got you again. Oh, oh my, I lost my light. Hold on. I'm fine now. <laughs> see, do you know, see, I'm upset. And that's what happens. Wait a minute. My light. Wait a minute. Oh no, Wait. ring. Our ring oh, light. Oh no, what happened? Well, you can still hear me. Anyway, 
while I get this thing. It's like, I don't know what happened. Um, anyway, I get it. Um, but for, there we go. But for Sky, you know, if I'm playing against you and you're giving me the work, I'm going to give you your respect. And I may not want to do that because I'm so competitive right. that I'm like, I hate her. She's always busting shots in my face and like shooting and taking me to the basket and I'm fouling her every time. Come on. Give her her credit. Give her her respect. And I, you know, I don't understand like the criteria that the players are given to, you know, choose their all-star list. But I mean, I don't understand why she's not higher than 14th. And not in the top three or four, especially when she's in, you know, she's one of the top, what, six or seven in the league in scoring? I mean, not not even in the top 10. She's behind Ryan Howard. I love her. Ryan Howard's been amazing. But come on. <laughs> come on. No. I, no. I don't know. I don't know what the player. And I love Ryan Howard, too. She's a killer. But no. I, I think to a certain degree, like, you know, uh, I mean, there's like a there, there's a reverse popularity contest here where the where maybe the players are like, she's so popular, you know. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't want to knock, you know, knock her down because and, and we look we look down the other two players who are really out of whack with their player voting, Candace Parker, she was third in the fan rank, seventh in the media, thirteenth with the players. Off to come on, hey, just because look, I'm gonna say it, you know, I'm gonna say it. Just because those two have, you know, Skylar Diggins-Smith has her Puma shoes mm-hmm. and, and Candace has her Adidas and Candace is on NBA TV, TNT and like doing it, dipping and doing. She's a, a, she's got two babies, Sky's a mom. Like, you know, let's, let's not, you know, have that be, if you're doing plus minus on your voting players, let's not have those things be minuses, right? Their visibility helps the league. Their visibility is enormous. Love them for that. (laughs) Stop hating. Why are we hating? Stop being crabs in a barrel, right? When you have players who are monetizing their brand. And we were just talking about Title IX. Like, this is what we've been fighting for for 50 years. We don't need another 50 years to fight for these opportunities for women to market themselves. Stop hating on them and let them live with you on the basketball court, underneath the umbrella of the WNBA as a brand, and then revote. I love to hear the people who put them so low. Because yeah. they, they have to have some sort of argument that's not, you know, that, right? Like they have to. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it has to be. Like that's the only illogical explanation yeah. to this process. There's no way there are 13 bigs in this no. league better than Candace Parker. There's Come no on, way man. there's 14 guards in this league better than Skylar Diggins Smith this year. There's there just four, not. No, there are 13 crabs in a barrel pulling Candace <laughs> down though, and then there are 14 crabs in a barrel pulling Skylar Diggins Smith. I, I, I don't know. I, I said mean. It. And then the other, the third player who who uh, was out of whack is Elena Deladon. She was fourth in the fan rank, twelfth in the media, player rank twentieth. I kind of get that one because she's she's you know she hasn't played as many games and she's uh, rested sometimes. So I understand that. I understand that feeling of saying, well, she hasn't played as much as everyone else, and it's hard to play every single day, and, and she's not doing that. And that, I understand that from a voting for an all star perspective, right? right. Yeah. I understand saying, hey, this person hasn't been an all star because they haven't been you know, playing in as many games, right? I think I kind of understand that. 
but again, but, where's the, what's the criteria? That's what I'm saying. Like, is that part of the plus minus system that, that the players use to get players in or not? Well, there's and, no, and, there's no system. You can vote for whoever you want. But I'm saying like, what are you thinking when you're voting? Like I vote, right? So mm -hmm. in my mind, I'm like, I look at their stats, right? When we're looking at, um, at the end of season awards, like for defense, like, do you take the steals leader or the blocks leader? Do you take the rebound leader? Because those are stops too. So that for me, I, you know, I probably overboiled out. But analytically, you know, you have to look at that and the stats don't lie. And, you know, for, I don't know, for a player like an Elena Deladon, I understand she's missed some games for rest and, and I get it. But the games that she's played, she's been great. Um, especially in the game against Seattle last night uh, in the first half of the previous game. She had 15 in the first half. So, I mean, she's, she's not, not performing well, right? right? She's, she's performing well um, when she's performing. So I get, I at least get not it, playing as many games, but man, the games that she's played, she hasn't been slumming. I'm like, she's doing it. Like, what, are, you know, what are we looking at? Like, it's not like, Okay, she has to play a lot of games and her stats are like way down. Like, no, her stats are great. And, you know, she's helping the team. And, you know, I just think, you know, against Seattle, they just lost some players, especially Magmagor, slipping behind them sometimes on their rotations. And that cost them, especially in the fourth quarter. They cut it to two. And, I mean, these are things that we know um, just with the team. And Elizabeth Williams was missing too. So they were, you know, she was with her brother, Mark, who got drafted to Charlotte in the NBA. All right, so, go to Charlotte. I was, yeah. I was just thinking about where he went. Make good for him. Uh, yeah, that's a good deal. So she was there in that moment with him. So, I mean, they were missing pieces. So, you know, you can't really say like, well, Lady Deladon, you know, doesn't belong in that, you know, in that group of, you know, the top five or 10 in the league. I, I agree, but I, I get, at least I can say, I can't say for sure that yeah. one's hating, right? I could say for I, sure, I, Candace Parker and Skyler be 13th yeah. and 14th, that's hating. Yeah. Stamp both of those. Both, hate, hate, both <laughs> that's, some pe that's some petty <laughs> stuff. I that's petty. I'm doing that. I don't, I, know, I, who, I I don't yeah. know who did it, but I was petty. Um, I feel it. I hate I it for it. them. I hate it for Sky, and I hate it for Candace because all they're doing is going out there and busting you up. I mean, Candace Parker had another triple-double, the only player in WNBA history to have three triple-doubles in her career. Leave her alone. And, and, my, and there can't not be 13 players better. Stop hating, okay, because you're not on TNT and you're not, you know, doing all these things that she's dipping and doing. Stop hating on her, man. And Sky. There, I said it. You can clip that, too, and send it to them. And I'll, you know, I'll co-sign. But I don't like it. I don't understand it. Like, like, tell me why not. That's why I always ask, like, tell me why, why they're not up there. And then it's crickets. Like you can't, you can't even tell me why. I can't, I can't think of a, I think, can't I can't think why. of a real, I That's can't funny. think of a real reason why she wouldn't be in the at least at the very least in your top 10, whatever it is. We already know what it is. Yeah, we know. Whatever. Uh, good for everyone getting voted. Do you want to do as quickly as possible picking yeah. the teams? Just like as quick as possible. I'll pick one. You pick one. Oh, okay. Let's um, do it. Just start. Just to start. Huh? I don't have the list in front of me, but you can kind of. Okay. We'll, can... we'll just start with the guards. We'll just start with the guards. We'll pick, we'll pick uh well, no, yeah. So I'll tell you. Give me, uh, give me a grouping and I'll, I'll, I'll throw one and you throw one. All right. We got uh, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, Sabrina Nescu, Sue Bird. Uh, my first pick here. 
It depends if I'm Asia Wilson or Brianna Stewart. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Kelsey Plum. I'll go with Kelsey Plum. I think she'd be really fun in an All Star game. I'm gonna I'm going with Jackie Young because she's been killing. I don't know. She's been <laughs> I've been side eyeing that young lady. She's really come into her own this year. She's flourishing. I'm going okay. with Jackie. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Sabrina as my second pick. And then you're going with Sue. So there's our guards. So you got you got Jackie Young and Sue Bird. Not a bad, not a bad duo. Winning, <laughs> yeah. I got Sub- I got Sabrina and Kelsey Plum, and that would be like a dream backcourt for me. Uh, I don't know if that can happen in any way, but if someone can make that happen, yeah. if those two players can get together, the light just not. I you know I don't know what's happening, but go ahead without it's me. Fine. Go I mean, ahead. I, I can fix it in post. <laughs> uh, you want all right? Let's do the front. Let's pick the front court. I'm unplugging it. That's what's happening. Okay, I'm good. Okay, front court. Let's go. Front court. We got Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart. They're the captains, but we can pick them because we don't care. Uh, so we got Wilson, Stewart, Fowles, Agumake, John Cole Jones, and Candace Parker. John, while we're here, I just want to mention fans. John Cole Jones at eight, insane. That's, that's insane. Not, that's an, that's okay. absolutely wrong. You guys don't. You have to watch more of the games if you're yeah. voting her at somewhere that's around eight. You're wrong. You need to watch more basketball. Moving on. Let's pick. Yeah. Let's pick from these six players. Okay. Who's your first pick? Um, I'm going with Asia. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go with Brianna Stewart. Okay. Um, so you're you got the third pick. Uh, I'm going with John Quell. Ooh, I really yeah, that was good. Uh, I oh I don't know here because I have Stewie. I have Stewie. I should probably get more of an anchor in the middle. I'll go with Sylvia Fowles because Fowles and Stewart sounds like an. I think that's an awesome combo. That's a good combo. That's a really good combo. Okay, so you got next pick. You got next pick between uh, Neka Gumake and Candace Parker. It'd be crazy if those two were on the same team, right? What a team that would be if those two were on the same team. And maybe with like an awesome point guard like Chelsea Gray. Yeah, going to be an all-star. That'd be, I mean, that team would never lose, right? Oh, they were all on the same team. That team would never lose. And they would always stay together because how would you let any of those three go? No. Sorry. Sorry, LA fans. I need to get one in. Oh, I had to. (laughs) Listen, I I love how NECA's playing. And even Mike Tebow said she's playing at at MVP NECA clips. I got to go with Candy Girl. That's my girl, man. We're going with Candy Spice. Oh, we're gonna win. Look at my lineup. My lineup is shaping up. My my lineup shape. I got Kel- all right. So I got Sabrina. I got Plum. I got Stewart. I got Fowls, and I've got Neka Gumake. All right. We're spacing winning. spacing my well. I think the spacing will be fine. And then you so, got yeah. Come on, Stu Bird. Boom. You got uh, who? Who's your first pick? Your you Jackie Thank Young. Boom. Stu Bird, Jackie Young. Boom. Boom. Asia Wilson. Ha. John Cole Jones. Uh-huh. Candace Parker. That's a what? really good. That's a really Come on good, now. Come on. That's a really good all-star game, folks, if we got that. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. All right. Quick picks. That was fun. Uh, quick picks. That was fun. Also, I wanted to mention one thing because you, you brought it up um, with Mark Williams. Really yeah. women's basketball-centered uh, NBA draft last night. Oh, yes. Because not like Monica McNutt was doing all the player interviews, which is awesome. Uh, oh, I didn't you know. know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She, I she was, was gone. I wasn't home. So she was doing the, the player interviews and she was, okay. um, you know, she made everyone feel comfortable. That's what she does. She's great at this. Um, but there was a lot of players 
you know, whose parents were players and mainly yes. players whose mothers were players, right? Yes. So, I mean, Paula Banquero's mom was a awesome player at University of Washington. Obviously, yep. Jaden Ivey's mom is Neil Ivey, the coach at Notre Dame, superstar at Notre Dame. And yeah. it was real, that was, that moment was really, really cute because it was, you know, I was listening to the ESPN broadcast and it was Chanae talking about how she was like getting emotional talking about how oh. she, you know, she knew Jaden when they were younger, they brought in a to give Jaden a, a message after he got drafted. Oh, and it was just, I didn't know that. Oh, that's super cute. It was awesome. It was really awesome. Um, I think someone, I think uh, Dyson Daniels, I want to say one of the Australian players, like his mom was also a player in Australia. She was a point guard. It was, it's just, Oh, and um, the kid from Shohan, from Baylor, his mom was also Auburn. a player for the huh? Where did his mom play at Auburn? His mom, his mom played in Poland oh, because he's Polish. Polish. Okay. Oh, that's what I'm. So I, it ju- it was just a lot of women's basketball stuff in the NBA draft. Uh, it was really cool. I think I want to give credit to ESPN for for putting that at the forefront. Um, and you know, it, it just felt like you know we were a part of it, and that's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, I'm gonna know all of those guys as like. Mark Williams is Elizabeth's brother. Yeah. <laughs> Jaden Ivey's Neil's son. There you go. That's, and that's how I remember. So I just thought it was really cool. I wanted to mention it. Yeah. And, you know, um, for Jaden Ivey, I thought he was going to come to DC. I know there were some rumblings. I thought he was coming to the Wizards, but that didn't work out, uh, draft order and all that. But um, his younger brother, Jordan, mm-hmm. played with my son, Jordan, oh. from like, third grade on up so Jordan was actually there at draft night and oh my god so cute so he'll be a freshman in high school next year so um so yeah it's a it's a small circle (laughs) wait did they did they live around here uh yes oh are they here? well it's it's a different situation oh okay but they're brothers and um you know a loving loving um sibling no I was gonna say rivalry but it's not really rivalry it's a, a <laughs> loving sibling situation with those two and and he was there and so for I, I saw him with the with the hat with Jaden yeah. uh, and it was just so cute because you know my son's relationship with his brother so um oh. so that was like full circle and so I was like sending text messages to Jordan's mom like oh my god he got drafted and she's like I've been bawling I'm so excited for him and everything like that so um, so yeah, it was, it was a, a quite a, for women's basketball, but also personally, you know, just kind of knowing Jaden too, over the years, you know, when he was a high schooler and, you know, at Purdue covered some Purdue games and, um, you know, that's just really fun to see him, uh, get, take that big next step. No, it was cool. His dad, his, his dad, Javen played for, um, Baltimore played oh. for the Ravens, a uh, football player. Yeah. Wow. And he went to, and there's a whole history. Sorry. And I know we're, I'm, <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I want to hear. Um, he played at Detroit country day where uh, Weber went and I don't obviously Rose. Chris, but he played, I think with Chris Weber's brother. And I think Derek Rose was there during that time, but he played basketball and football ended up playing football. And I want to say he went to Notre Dame. No, probably that, that I could was, be wrong. Um, Jaden, yeah, Javen, J A V I N, yeah, J A V Hunter, yeah, 
He played football. I, so that's oh, another, yeah. there's another nugget. So when you see him playing for the Pistons, you can say, hey, his dad played for the Ravens. I, I did not know that. I mm-hmm. vaguely remember him yeah. from that, from those teams. Wow. Look at that. Stuff comes yeah. around, huh? Notre uh, Dame. Did he play at Notre Dame? Does it have that? He played at Notre Dame. Boom. Which huh. would make sense. Because. Uh, yeah. Neil. Neil was there. That was fun though. It was it was a really cool night uh, for women's basketball. For basketball in general, obviously, the draft is super fun. Um, the 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 Heat got not Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jovic. Oh, Some so where, where where you picked that up at at the Walmart? <laughs> he does not. He is he's a four. Delete that. <laughs> Sorry, well, I love Walmart. So. Walmart's great. It's a lovely okay. place. Uh, you, got that's, you got the Walmart Jokic though. <laughs> we did. We did. We got the good. We got the good value. <laughs> good value. No, he played. He's he's very good. Okay. It was uh, it was fun. No, I, I think it'll be fun. I don't know. Okay. Late first round picks. Ooh, okay. Um, all right. Uh, that's that's it on All Star. That's it on the NBA on the NBA draft. Uh, I promise, no more heat talk for now. Um. <laughs> All right, so now now we have a your your a choose your own adventure sort of situation. Um, we you mentioned Candace Parker's triple double. We could talk about ch- the Chicago Skies week, which was uh, something else. Uh, yeah. We could talk about the Washington Mystics. Obviously, you know, tough start to the road trip for them. Talk about Sylvia Fowles being back. I didn't really get to watch a lot of Sylvia Fowles last night. Yeah. Uh, I have to watch a tape today, but I, I I obviously fourteen and ten in the in in her comeback and. We could talk a little bit about the bottom of the standing. So where do you want to go? Chicago, Minnesota, Washington. Well, let's start with Chicago because that win they had over the Aces was for the ages, um, you know, the biggest comeback in WNBA history. So I, you know, statistically what, what showed up on the herhoopstats.com website as, as what did the Aces in down the stretch so this is not a her i didn't i didn't i haven't checked the stats uh, oh, i watched okay. it i watched it. i broke down the tape i watched it a lot because i was really interested um in what made the difference and i think uh what made the difference was that basketball is a game of runs it is man. and sometimes really? extremely so because the aces went on an 18-0 run to start the game and then chicago went on two separate 14-0 runs mm. to get back into the game and then for the re- and then you know for the rest of the game too, it was mostly even, and I think that was kind of the lesson I took from this is like, go you don't want to go down twenty eight, no. that's a good start. That's lesson number one. <laughs> one. If you do find yourself down though, you just need a bucket because there was times in that first quarter where they the Chicago's getting their teeth kicked in. It was forty one yeah. to eighteen at the end of the first quarter, and it was just like Azari Stevens got a bucket. Okay, yeah. Ezra Stevens got another bucket. Okay, we got to stop. Right. We get another bucket. And it's like, that. I think that is what made the difference for Chicago is that they saw, they didn't see 41-18. They saw those moments where they were like, okay, we have a little we have a little win here. We have a little win here. A little win here. It keeps you invested in the game. And it keeps, and with the Chicago, obviously they have the championship mentality. They have that confidence. They knew that they could get back into this game because they saw what was working. Then they made some adjustments. I think, you know, one of the big things was they started, um, switching they started bringing the help earlier on pick and rolls mm-hmm. so you know what would happen is they would have you know quigley or whoever the guard was go over and try to follow the player and then um you know parker or whoever the big was would drop and then they would bring the help early from the corner 
and Quigley or whoever the guard that was on the screen would go out to the helper. And I think right. that's the switch, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that really changed the, the dynamics for the aces and then they couldn't adjust early in that second half. And then Chicago was up by like 13. So, you know, I, I was really interesting game. Uh, I thought they played, you know, I don't, I'm not too worried about Vegas. I just think that was Chicago's championship mentality and understanding that we we're taking the little things that are going well and maximizing those rather than the bad things and maximizing those. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, when you, when you talk about a team like Chicago, I mean, they had such a rough start out of the gates last year because injuries to Quigley and Parker and mm-hmm. they were a six seed and ended up winning the whole thing. So the fortitude, uh, it, that's a big, big marker for success. And when you have that, like Chicago has it, um, and the experience, you know, they're, they're not like, um, and this is no knock, but this isn't a team with, you know, first and second year players on it, you know, that could have that championship medal, but it makes a difference when you, when you have these vested veterans on the floor who went through the trenches and got that championship the way they got it last year. I think that really makes a big difference for, for that game in particular, but it could be, you know, for the remainder of the season. I mean, now when, when that happens for teams, when you can feel like, Hey, we can go on these runs that gives you confidence when you get down in the next game. Right. So now, Hey, we're down 12, but remember that time Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we had the same situation and then boom, that switch gets flipped and all of a sudden they're back in the game and all of a sudden they're back in the hunt for another championship. I mean, for that matter, I mean, if they can do that against a team like Vegas, who was really, really playing well on a big win streak, um, you know, I, I just think that anything is possible, you know, when you have that kind of mentality and confidence behind it. I mean, it's one thing to have the mentality, mm-hmm. but it's another thing to, to sustain that level of confidence. To actually believe what you're telling. To yourself. believe it. And, and you have to like fight like they did and get a win mm-hmm. like that to believe that it's possible. Like we, it's tangible. Like, no, we did that. So now we can go back and go to that same place. Unfortunately, we're down, but that doesn't mean we're out. Let's go back to that place where we went in that Vegas game. It's going to be a reference point for them moving forward, I think. For James Wade, like in that locker room, hey, remember halftime. Hey, remember, you know, we're down 10 right now, but remember that Vegas game, you know? And then now all of a sudden, now we got the hard hats on. Now we got the lunch pails and we're going out to do that work. So I just think that it's really, you know, that game was great. But I think they won a lot more games moving forward that we don't know about because of that. Yeah. And I think this one also comes from those championship games that we've won. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. saying they say, hey, we're down 28, but guess what? This ain't the finals. And we did this, we we did stuff like this in the finals, right? So I think, yeah. you know, it you're what you're saying is definitely true um, yeah. about those those moments for a team like this. Like you change when you win a try when you win a title. You just change. Right. You, you become more confident, you become more together. You, you see what's at the end of the rainbow right? and you're like, well, we can do it. We can get it. And I think that, that we see teams that win championships come back and do stuff like this quite often uh, because they're feeling themselves. And it doesn't, it doesn't last either. That's the thing. Like it doesn't last until the next season. Only the defending champs, I think, really yeah. feel this sort of, this, this sort of confidence that we're talking about. Um, right. Not that another team couldn't do it. I just, I'm not shocked that it's, <laughs> that the team who did it is Chicago. Um, and then I think the other thing that I took from this game 
um, was that I'm a little bit more concerned about the bench for Vegas oh. than perhaps I was beforehand. Um, okay. You know, I think when the, the one of the reasons why Chicago was able to stabilize at the end of the first quarter and then kind of get back into it in the second quarter was because they were going out Therese Plaisance and Kia Stokes. Not that those players are bad, just that those players are maybe playing a little bit of an outsized role for them in terms of being yeah. seventh person. Then you look at the rest of the bench, Asia Shepard was the only other player than those two who played. So we have a seven person rotation. The team got out to a rock and start. They were flying, they were going all over everywhere and you could yeah. see it. They got tired. They right. got tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just am a little concerned that if this team is going to go at the breakneck speed that they're going, if they're going to play as hard as they want to play every single minute, and they're a bunch of dogs, and that's exactly how they're always going to play. We're going to run into problems where they do get tired in the second half of games. We're going to run into situations where their bench is being attacked because they they're don't have as much talent. Maybe Ileana Repair can help that a little bit. Yes. But I'm a little concerned about it. I'm a little concerned about it going uh, forward in this future. I mean, in, in this season. Um, and I, just, but I still think like Vegas is fine. I'm not saying there's, just, <laughs> you know, down the alarm. It's just something I noticed in a good team like Chicago can take advantage of it. Right. No, I, I didn't think of it that way, but I think, yeah, I mean, the way they open up that game, like you said, with an 18 and a run, I mean, you don't do that without a ton of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the key obviously is to sustain that. And the fact that they couldn't with that bench and, or I was to say bench production or lack thereof. Uh, and that is quite a concern. And that's something to, to look at uh, for Becky Hammond and her squad. But, you know, if they can, if they can kind of see that moving forward and maybe manage minutes a little bit, you know, with their yep. starting group or their, their top seven, which are very, you know, that's a very tough top seven. Um, but I think with, with that being said, I think that, you know, if they can manage minutes and, and try to fix that and, you know, balance it out a little bit, I think they'll be okay, but I'm going to watch that. I didn't think about their bench depth um, being an issue moving forward, but, you know, Chicago definitely exploited that in that particular game. <laughs> For, and, sure. For sure. And Chicago defensively is too. defensively too. And yeah. Chicago's kind of Vegas white whale at the moment. I mean, they couldn't, they've had to play them last year in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Or no, am I mentioning that? Was it the year before? Well, obviously, I mean, the, the, the Vegas. Was Asia's, I think it was Asia's um, MVP year, wasn't it? I'm trying. I'm, I don't remember how, and I should remember, obviously, because I watched every minute of the WNBA playoffs last year. I don't remember who this, this semifinal series were. No, no, the Aces played the Mercury. I'm sorry. The Aces <laughs> played the Mercury. That series was also ridiculous. No, uh, the, the, the Aces-Sky rivalry is awesome. This is, is like. I don't know, at least in my head, the third classic game that they've had, they had yeah. the, obviously they had the hand heave. The uh, heave. They had the game to open yeah. the bubble. Do you remember that? Where I do. Chicago won on the hammer action to Allie Quigley. Yeah. And then they had this, the biggest comeback in WNBA history. They've also just had like awesome games in the past uh, because yeah. they, they really, they, Liz Campage did not get along with most of the Chicago Sky players. Um, and I guess that's continuing. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we get a playoff series here because I, I think these teams could really uh, get after each other and it'd be an awesome yeah. series. Um, but, you know, yeah. I, we don't have to take that much away from, from this game. Just those two things about Chicago yeah. Like that, has though. that championship mentality yeah and that vegas's uh bench depth is concerning yeah um, i agree with that both of those 
Yeah. And I will be watching Vegas moving forward with that, you know, yeah. see what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. Uh, I, I did. I do like Asia Shepherd. She's playing pretty well though. She um, is. Kirsten Bell has not been playing at all, which uh, I know. It's, uh, it's a little concerning considering how high I was on her in the, yeah. uh, in the draft. Also, now completely off topic, completely off topic. Shouts to Nia Cloud and earning more minutes. Oh, Connecticut. girl. She, Where's she's, that shirt? Where's that shirt? Oh, I have it. I'm okay. waiting for her. The first big game she has, like actual big game, and it's, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming, folks. Wearing it. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's what I got in Chicago. Do you want to move over to the Mystics? Yeah. Yeah, they've had... Uh... Interesting week, yeah. Out west, close games. But I think with um, you know, Deladon didn't play in the LA game Mm -hmm. on Sunday, Um, and I did listen to their post game comments uh, after their Seattle loss last night. And someone asked, I think it was Jen Hatfield, and she Mm -hmm. asked, um, you know, how are you feeling um, just in general with that long flight and everything? How was the flight? And she said, long, <laughs> uh, you know, but um, I was watching the game with my son and he was observing Della Don. He was like, she looks good. Like she's moving really well. And I was like, yeah, she's good. Like she's, you know, she's getting some buckets down and, you know, she's in the flow of the offense. And I know that, you know, we're talking analytics again, but that left block is one of her high percentage spots. Um, but a lot of times, especially in the second half, um, I think she found herself on that right block sometimes and, and wasn't, uh, I don't know if it was the way Seattle was rotating towards yeah. her on that right side, doubling her up and crowding that space. Um, and a couple of times Atkins was also on the right side. You don't see that a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I don't know if they misreading or I don't know what happened, but a, a couple of times Deladon and Atkins were both on the, on the right-hand side of the floor, which is a little uncommon. And not that that's a play call on Mike Tebow's part. I think it's just how the Close. offense was flowing and the, and the shot clock was running. And, and that's just where they found themselves sometimes. But I just found it to be a little intriguing, just like, oh, wow. Oh, well, they're on the right side of the floor and they're, and they're not getting those shots down. Atkins was missing shots. Um, there were uncharacteristic misses for her, even on the left side. Mm-hmm. But I think there was one time in particular late in the game where Daladon got it on the right block. She went to make a move and, and someone, I can't remember who rotated, but crowded her space. She fell down. Was it Ezzy? Um, She fell down. They went the other way. And I'm like, I don't know if that was great rotation or she just wasn't expecting that read defensively or a combination of both. Uh, I think they did do a little bit. I mean, like toward in that third quarter, I think that was in the third quarter, right? Something like it. I think what uh, Seattle started to do was just to trap, trap the baseline. Right. Um, they would put. They were kind of pushing Deladon and the other bigs for Washington oh. down, and then and making yeah. them making it look like they had the baseline move, and then yeah. bringing over the other big. Uh, and yeah. they can do that because I, we talked. I talked about Ezzy and uh, Stewie together on on the on the last podcast, and those two just work perfectly together. I mean, they are. Yeah, they were they're so smart. smart first yeah. off. They're so fast and they're so long that it's just it, it, it forced the land on to fall down. And this was a game that she was playing great in. She had 20 points. So uh, I thought I'm with you. I thought, you know, EDD looking good was a big deal on the road like that. Um, I, I thought that was huge for the team. Um, I was a little concerned with how they managed the defense, but Seattle's a good team. You know, you're going to lose sometimes yeah. to good teams because they're good. 
Uh, right. And they and and it is it was a fourteen point win. It really to me didn't feel like that. I mean, you know, no, like you me. mentioned that they brought it down to two points. Um, yeah. I, it would probably like average out to like a nine point win or something like that. And that's nothing to like, you know, be that worried about. Um, so I think there's some good things to take from that. The game that kind of shocked me a little bit. I know Elena Deldon didn't play, but I'm surprised that uh, the Mystics gave up 84 points to Los Angeles Sparks. Mm. And I was really surprised and and like heartbroken uh, for Natasha Cloud that she missed that free throw at the end of the oh. game that would have tied it because uh, she was incredible. I mean, <laughs> I'm doing a video that'll be up on my YouTube later today, like about how they got Mike Tebow and Natasha Cloud got a technical fouls on one play. And the Mystics went on like a 20 to five run in After the last that. three minutes. Yeah. And then for Natasha Glad to, to miss that free throw, it, it was really tough. Um, I felt really bad for her. Um, yeah. So I, it was, I thought that game, that the Sparks game, if the Mystics end up in the situation where they're like, you know, one game back of being in the four spot and hosting a playoff series and they're in the five spot. Right. This is one of those games I'm going to look at and be like, wow, this was a, this was a missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, in that LA game, when Natasha Cloud had a career high 13 assists, she had 13 points in that game was phenomenal. Like you said, after getting that technical, Mike got that technical and then it was like full steam ahead uh, for the whole crew. And it was just not a commonality for Natasha Cloud to go two of seven in that game from the line. Well, she had to miss one on purpose. She had to miss one on purpose. She did miss this. Okay. So two of of six, I guess. So you take one off. Um, But no, uh, yeah, that second one she did have to miss. She had to miss it. And and Mike Tebow was on the the post-game call on that one. And he said, no, I mean, obviously that's what you're doing. Like Mm -hmm. we needed to get the ball. There's a couple seconds. What was it? Two seconds left? Yeah, 2.5. 2.5 seconds. And, um, you know, that's what you do. So, yeah, she did have to miss that one. But um, speaking as someone who, like, freshman year in high school had to be in that same kind of scenario, that sucks um, <laughs> to miss that. Um, but then also to, to have to miss it. And my 14-year-old self made the one I was supposed to miss. So <laughs> I digress. So at least you didn't do that. Um, but um, anywho, uh, yeah, I, I think that was just not something that, that she – um we'll forget no. i know that um and i know that'll fuel her the next time that situation arises even though it doesn't happen a lot i mean i don't know how many other times i was in that situation after that you know but i think for her knowing how competitive she is knowing how on point she was all game especially after that tech um how focused and, and alert she was that was just tough and and to lose that one by two uh and then, you know, to fight so hard and not get it, that's tough. But, you know, that Seattle game as well. I mean, Alicia Clark, that was the first time she had been back to Seattle. Yeah. She said she hadn't played those guys, you know, because she um, was out injured. But, you know, she hadn't played against them overseas either, no. you know. So I thought that was interesting. But, you know, she eclipsed the 2,000-point mark for her career. And I thought that was uh, kind of, I mean, if we're Fitting. talking just individually, that was a, a good moment for her um, as an individual who played there for nine years. And, you know, to get her 2000 point there, I thought was, was pretty special, but I mean, 
obviously I'm not like cheering for that and not like, <laughs> you know, we can grand, do both the grand <laughs> scheme of things, but yeah, to give her our flowers. I mean, she did accomplish that. So leave me alone. I'm going to give her that. Um, but I think with, with, um, with how Washington played, uh, especially down the stretch after cutting it to a two point game, they had to fight to get it there. And they had seven minutes, you know, seven minutes, um, seven minutes in the fourth, a two point game, 69, 67. Yeah. I think I tweeted that. Because why I remember it, like, you know, how many minutes were left in the left. So I'm like, you know, they just let it get away. And I think it was like an 11 to two run after that, mm-hmm. that kind of solidified things for, um, for Seattle. And then Sue Bird hitting that bank shot right there uh, at the end to be, what is she, the winningest player now? In She's the, the winningest NBA. player in WNBA history. Hide it or something. Um, passing Lindsey Whalen um way day that's my girl um but I, I don't know I just think they have they have what it takes but they just have to get over the hump you know they didn't have like we said Elizabeth Williams in that Seattle game and I think that would have been a good matchup to see her and Ezzy playing against each other um you yeah. know it would have kind of taken a lot of um balance you know, off of, I mean, not balance. It would have taken a lot yeah. of um, angst off of the rotations on the inside. I know Tiana Hawkins came in there, uh, you know, but that uh, Elizabeth Williams and her presence defensively is, is a lot different. Um, she's just oh, yeah. so long inside, so disruptive. So they, they missed that defensively, I think, on some of those rotations where Ezzy was creeping underneath um, and slipping behind that last line of defense for Washington on their rotation. So it, it's... Uh, it's a tough week. And that's how we started this conversation, conversation about them, like a tough week out West. Um, but you it, know, there was, the, get back on track. Yeah. I think, you know, you can, you're not going to hang your head too much if you're Washington. No. I mean, I know Natasha, I'm sure Natasha Klaus is furious at herself still, um, which she shouldn't be. Cause I like we mentioned, the only reason they even had the opportunity for her to miss that free throw was because right. of everything that she did. But yeah. I know she's, I know she's going to be really, busted up about it because that's just the type of player in person she is but you know i think for the mystics you you can sit here and say hey we didn't have a landell down one game we didn't have our full team the next one that game was against one of the best teams in the league the flip side to that is you're gonna have to play that team that's right now the playoff matchup you got is seattle so you're gonna have to figure out how to beat that team um you know and hopefully the whole team's there at the end of the season but if you don't have them you got you still gotta figure out a way to beat them um, and I think, you know, to a certain extent too, like it kind of showed you, uh, the limitations of, of relying on Shakira Austin night in, night out, not because she's not a good player, but because she's a rookie, she's a rookie. This is her first time doing this. Like I, to expect her to do everything she does every yeah. single night right now, I think is, is a bit, um, overzealous, but yeah, I think she'll, she'll get, she'll, you know, work herself into that, into that groove again. Then you look at the mystic schedule. At Las Vegas, not an easy game, not an easy game. But then they come home for Atlanta, at Connecticut, at Atlanta. Then the All Star break. Uh, you know they are gonna they're eleven and nine now. They got to finish this the All Star break above five hundred um, right. if they want to feel good about themselves. And I think that's uh, just have to be what it is. They just have to do that. They have to win more. They have to win what two or three of these games, and I think they can do it. They can do it, and they've been they've been Connecticut before, and they can beat them again, and then they will be sitting pretty in that four five matchup for now, right? Before they before they move up. So, hey, I think you you'd rather not play Seattle, but I'd really rather not play Connecticut, Chicago, or Las Vegas either. 
Uh, right now is is tough, man. There, you know, especially Vegas after that uh, collapse against mm-hmm. Chicago. It's like, you know, now they're refocused, recalibrated. Like, well, we can't let that happen again. And sometimes, you know, I was talking about how that can work for a team like Chicago to reference back, right? Yeah. It's something like that. But now, so can Vegas. Like, yeah. hey, we can't let it happen. By, we're up fifteen or whatever. Like, we're up whatever. Um, remember that Chicago game, like we can't allow that to happen. So that could work also in that way, uh, to, to go back and reference, you know, what can't happen and what we need to do to fix that, uh, moving forward. So, I mean, I think that's a checkpoint game for, <laughs> for both teams, but yeah, a, a big stretch in front for, for the mystics and, um, you know, we'll see, uh, what they look like, hopefully when they come back and play Atlanta at home, um, that'll be that'll be a, a good stopping point for them yeah. you know, before going back on the road and a big gap between games like for me because i don't you know i'm not going to see them until the 16th i think um we, we, you don't have that uh atlanta game no they took it um, um and two i think has that one now well i was yeah. talking to Pam and rebecca that you know after when they were here last time oh yeah Get get uh Christy on on the national <laughs> games, folks. Just, just sitting right here, I'm right here, waiting just, on you. Just, just hang on. I, I I whatever. No, we don't have, we don't have to open the can of worms here at the end of the oh, podcast. Yeah, shot. Yeah, we do have to open one more can of worms, and this okay. is a this is a cry for help from our courtside <laughs> listeners. Uh, so the uh Indiana Fever, after beating <laughs> the Chicago Sky, the team that we said had all this championship medal. Uh, the back of Melissa Smith's career high, 26 points. They beat the Chicago Sky. It's their fifth, their fifth win on the season. Uh, if you recall, earlier this year, Christy and I got into an argument about who's going to be better between the Indiana Fever and Atlanta Dream. Ultimately, right. I was still right about Almost. the Atlanta Dream being better than the Indiana Fever. However, I was a little overzealous, <laughs> and I bet Christy that the team would not she said that they would get six wins by the all-star break, which was their total from last year. Wow. I said, no chance. Yeah. Bet on it. We have not figured out the punishment and we really have to, because yeah. they have what five games here. They have Phoenix. They have two games against Phoenix, two games in Seattle, Chicago, and Connecticut. They just need to win one of those games. One time. Come on, Fevers. Come on. Come on, Alyssa. And you know, listen, Hey, uh, and let's uh, let's go ahead and 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 mark this down. You have a, a post-it to put up. Listen, this is how we're gonna do it. Okay. You're gonna go to Berry Farms. Berry Farms is down in Southeast DC, and you have to make what are we gonna do? Three consecutive threes from the top of the key. Yeah. Okay. And Berry Farms. I'm gonna be three there to consi- video. Every to every miss is what? Uh, you gotta uh, you gotta do uh, a lap, five push-ups. No, down back, down back. For each one down, down back, back down, down back. back yeah that second one that second half of that second one yeah you're gonna be like carrying like you carrying somebody i gotta get some practice come on <laughs> mercury storm sky sun <laughs> you guys beat everybody else well not phoenix i understand you guys if you guys lose phoenix i won't be that mad <laughs> everyone else if you guys lose them be really mad i'm not <laughs> i will be very upset Oh, I don't yeah. know. Three consecutive threes for me is going to take like four hours. No, no, you can get it. If that I'm third running, one, though, that third one, 
I'm not going to say anything. I'm not, I'm going to sit quietly. I'm going to have my little phone. I'm going to sit quietly over there, Barry Farms, sit right there. And then, you know, you're going to hit two. I'm not going to say anything, you know, because then that'll, that'll give you, that'll give you energy to make it. So I'm not going to say like, oh, uh oh, this is the third one. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to sit there and video it. And if you knock it in, then we're there in 10 minutes. Like, and that's counting stretching. Like you got to stretch. Oh, get warmed up, get a bead of sweat coming off. Three consecutive threes with up, up and uh, was down and back, down and backs for each miss. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to be fun, folks. There's going to be a lot of sped up footage of me running because I'm very slow. Uh, That's why I don't play basketball. (laughs) Mainly because I'm very slow. I'm here for the second half of the second down and back for you. I'm here for that. Uh, I'm just, not going to be at Barry Farms. Like I'm going to see it. <laughs> uh, apologies to Sylvia Fowles, who uh, we will talk about you when we come back next week. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so yeah, I think we can next week actually pick our entire WNBA yeah. All Star rosters. Maybe we'll All do right. that. We can do that. No, right. that's what we'll do yeah. next week. Um, anything else that we uh, need to mention? Oh man, there's always something, but I think I think we've exhausted all topics this time. <laughs> For today. <laughs> For today. We've exhausted it all. So they're cutting the lights out on us, Gabe. We got to get up off of this courtside area here. And we will see you next week. We're going to have our all-star list for you. My team so far looks really good. Oh, we gotta restart the teams. No way. Yes, of course. Oh. Yes. No. Yes, okay. we're picking all of the teams as they're picking it. Boo. Okay, well, for this episode, my little five is like that. Okay, but anyway. Hey, I, I have heck, five all-stars on my on my, on my team right bad. now. They're not bad, but my group, though, if they play head-to-head, like, my group wins. Like, oh, okay. we can put some on that, too. Something very farmsy. We can put some very farms. <laughs> so we're just doing everything at Berry Farms now. Everything over there. <laughs> Anyway, okay. we gotta get out of here i'm christy winter scott for gabe ibrahim we are out from courtside on the her hoop stats podcast network we'll see you next time <laughs> some people just know there's a better way to do things like bundling your home and auto insurance with allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself so Do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.